Today, we have the CEO and founder of Gong, uh, Amit Bendov. Uh, really excited for this episode, as uh, I'm sure everybody knows what Gong.io is, and he comes with a lot of experience from uh, CEO of SciSense. He was part of the Panaya team and founder of other companies uh, previously. And he really knows sales uh, inside and out and shares a lot of insight with us on today's episode. And before we get started, I'd like to, to tell you about startup sales and what we're doing. Uh, if you're an early stage startup and you need help building out your sales processes, whether that's inbound or outbound sales processes, then we could come in and help you with that. We could help you in building the processes itself, writing the content for emails, uh, putting together your outbound strategy and the infrastructure around that, and building and training the team to implement everything once it gets up and running. So if you want more information on that, you can find out at startupsales.io or you can email me at adam at startupsales.io. Let's get started with Amit and I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Startup Sales is a podcast about what it's really like to get a business off the ground. We talk with founders, CEOs, and sales VPs from the high-tech market. You'll learn how to build and scale a sales team. You'll also hear about the growth challenges and tough decisions from others who have had both successes and failures. And now, your host of the Startup Sales Podcast, Adam Springer. Amit, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Adam. How's it going? Very good. Thank you. So for those of you, uh, for those of the listeners that uh, don't know what Gong.io is, uh, can you give us a little bit of background about Gong.io is and, and who you are? Sure. So I'm Amit Bendel, CEO and co-founder of Gong. Uh, Gong is a San Francisco and Herzliya based uh, startup. Uh, we help companies get better visibility into what their uh, customer-facing people are doing and, and uh, helping in three key areas, uh, help uh, customer-facing people like salespeople and customer support get better at their job, uh, help close more deals, and help the company understand their competitive market and, and uh, strategy success. Terrific. And, uh, and how do you do that? Uh, so Gong uses AI. Uh, it monitors all conversations uh, between uh, salespeople and um, and customers, such as phone, email. Uh, we're now adding chat, and without anybody having to do anything, it just takes a lot of information there. It provides insights to the sales reps how they can get better, ask better questions, how they should position the product, but also gives management uh, incredible visibility and insights on what they can do as a company to get better and and how they can help the people succeed. Yeah. I know I've had a lot of guests on this show that have all said that they that Gong is one of their favorite tools for sales. So uh, I, I know I know you have a good name out there, and uh, that it's very helpful. I've, I've heard nothing but good things. So when did you start this company? So we started about three years ago. Uh, we went on the market about a couple of years ago. Uh, so it's still fairly uh, fairly new. Okay, and when you when you launched the product officially. How long did it take you to get to your first 10 clients? Uh, well, we 
So it's complicated, but uh, I'd say about five months. Uh, and and it, we didn't even launch the product. It was like pre-launch. So we had the, we launched kind of like an alpha proof of concept that uh, we weren't even planning on selling. That was on January, 2016. And in May or June, we already had 10 paying customers. Wow, terrific. And then your, and then your next 50 and 100 clients? Um, so I think we got, we got a few more, uh, because, you know, we had, uh, the, the, the companies that bought an issue were kind of friends and family were doing us a favor of trialing the product. Mm. Um, and then we didn't have a lot of pipelines. So we took uh, a few months where we had no sales because we had to set up, you know, we went from, Oh, really, we have a product. Let's go and do some lead gen. And, uh, I think to get to 50 and a hundred took about a year. Uh, not, you know, I would swear that it's accurate by the month, but that's, yeah. that's the ballpark to get, to it was, get to it was pretty fast from that point on. Yeah. So we had like a few months of close to nothing because we didn't have anything in a pipeline. But when we started getting that, I think around January, we started selling in January, uh, 2017, uh, in all seriousness. And, and from that on, it was pretty fast. Okay. So we now and- have close to 400 customers. Uh, two years on the market, yeah. Two two years on the market and about four hundred customers. Okay. And how long did it take you to get to a hundred K ARR and a million ARR? A hundred K was the first uh you know ten customers. Uh so so five months we got to we exceeded a hundred K. Okay. From in in Alpha, that was even pre launch. Wow, that's uh that's terrific. And and a million? Um, I think about a year, maybe less. Terrific. So I don't want to dive into who this first salesperson is and stuff like that yet, but I want to know when did you hire your first salesperson and when did, and when did you grow that team to the size of 10? Um, so, I mean, there's, so first, you know, I, I was doing the selling. Plus, we had uh, we had uh, Brennan Cassidy as a good friend and worked with us as a consultant. So he did some of the initial deals on his own. Uh, the first full time person we didn't actually hire. Uh, we're getting like a huge amount of, of demand and inbound leads. So I hired um, an SDR uh, to help me kind of like qualify and 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 screen them for uh, for quality and. Uh, and we're bombarded by, um, by leads. I was getting so many calls. I was doing everything on my own and my calendar was full. So I, I told him, Hey, Eric, um, want to do anything that less than 10 seats, you start selling right now. And, and, uh, he closed two deals within two weeks and says, okay, now it's like anything less than 20 you're going to handle. So kind of shifted. <laughs> Uh, that's what we had. We took uh, one of the sales development and actually let them uh, sell the product. And I was focusing on the larger deals. Wow, that's terrific. I I heard another interview with you where where you spoke about that you refused to uh, to give discounts at the beginning uh, for uh, for even trying to launch your product. You didn't want to give discounts. Right. It's not the discount. Uh, I, I don't know if it's like that's accurate discount or not, but we definitely wanted to sell it for something substantial. And again, it wasn't the money. It was the learning experience. We wanted to know pretty early if people are going to uh, be not willing to pay 
We wanted to know why and what do we need to do either to change the product or the pitch or the people that we're selling to. So kind of wanted to strive for, for contact early on as a learning experience. Uh, fortunately, uh, almost everybody said yes. So uh, <laughs> that was a good learning, uh, but uh, it's not what we, uh, we assumed. Yeah. All right. And uh, what's in the earlier days, uh, how long did it take uh, average time to, from sign up to or uh, initial outreach to close? Mm, some of it were like pretty fast uh i'd say i mean it, it varied because that we, we de we're dealing with companies of different sizes so a small company it could be almost as fast as in one call close no. and, and for larger it could be like six to nine months so um we have we have a, a mixture of customers but most most deals, I would say, at the early days, close within 30 days. It was, okay. it was pretty, uh, pretty easy. And so how, how did the, uh, were you going outbound at the beginning? Or did you start to? Uh, yes, yes. So, so we're, we're doing both. Uh, there, there's some inbound, uh, some networking, still weren't small enough, so through connections. And uh, quite a bit of outbound. Uh, which was less efficient, but, but delivering results. So the, the first phase you sell, you know, the first dozens or so customers were friends and families, so people that knew us. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not easy to sell to them, but that's, that's one level of, of uh, difficulty. And once we pass it, so we want to sell to people that don't know us and went to a trade show in Chicago, and that's we got our first out-of-network customer, which was like a big deal. Uh, yeah. It wasn't like a, a, a large deal financially, but it says, okay, there are people that don't know us that actually buy from us. And then we started outbounding to, to total strangers. And, um, and uh, that, that started opening, opening up the, uh, the funnel. Okay. Now your background is, is more in sales uh, and, then, and then growing into uh, leadership and then uh, eventually founder. So, what what approaches you know most of the founders that are here in israel anyways are more technical uh what approaches are, are you taking that are different than most people that helped you succeed first first uh, i, I want to protest uh, so I have, I have a computer science degree i wrote code <laughs> uh, in my past uh i was in marketing i was in sales i was product so i did i did quite a few quite a few things but i mean not not to dodge the question um you know, what people want to know, should I, you know, who should be, should be doing the first sales? And I think by and large, it's probably best done by the founder of the company or founders. Um, even if they're not great salespeople, uh, I think if they're okay, a mediocre founder can probably be more successful than, uh, than a great salesperson. Uh, just because there's uh, the level of, of commitment, the knowledge, uh, the passion can uh, make up for things that um, they lack. Uh, that said, if, if they really, they're not good, then they should hire a phenomenal salesperson, not someone who's like junior and cheap, but someone who's really great. Because it's hard to do the initial sales. It's really hard.
Yeah. You were, you were kind of defining a, a new market. For Gong? Yeah. A- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Gong is, is, is a new category uh, that doesn't exist. Most of the world doesn't even know about it yet, uh, but it's, 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 uh, it's totally new. Okay. So when, when did you take on your first uh, real salesperson, not the, uh, not the consultant that you had or advisor? As, uh, as soon as I got, I think, uh, um, a dozen or so out of network customers that I knew that, um, we can sell to people that aren't familiar with us, which adds another level of difficulty. And it seems to be more of a, a repeatable process that we can, uh, sell. And the next challenge would be, uh, to train people who aren't me. Uh, not, not that I'm all that great of a salesperson, but aren't founders uh, yeah. that uh, can we bring them and hire them and provide them with the environment and support so that they can be successful. Uh, so that was about a dozen. And I told you, like early on, even like on the first day, we took one of the, the only sales development person that we had and says, you know, stop, stop doing the sales development and start selling because we were bombarded with leads. <laughs> it, uh, was it hard for you to uh to let go of that kind of that control uh no no it's not uh it, these are like really good days so I, I enjoy selling i enjoy speaking with customers on the phone uh but there's also a joy of seeing someone else succeeds i mean my 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 uh my role isn't like the number one salesperson it's it's the founder and ceo of the company and then my job is to make people succeed so to see when other people are successful it's actually uh even more rewarding than doing you know closing a a deal personally yeah all right so what tips would you have to to all the founders that are listening to help that transition Uh, there, there's a lot. Okay. But, uh, first make sure that you have nailed this out. Okay. You can't expect, uh, you know, a good salesperson to figure out things that you, uh, that you haven't. Um, so the most critical things is the product market fit. Now, do you have a product that people are willing to pay reasonable amounts for? And the market for it is, is large enough that there are enough people in the world who would pay what you need to get paid uh, for this product. That's the most important thing. No salesperson can fix it no matter how good they are. I mean, they might help you identify that there's a problem, but usually, if, uh, especially in the early days, uh, if there's a problem in sales, uh, I, I would definitely look deeper than sales. My, my, my goal is always to create a product that is so good that I can that I don't need superstars to sell. I'll still try to hire the superstar, but even just, just okay people, uh, just to make their job easier, almost try to create a product that sells itself if you can. It's not always possible. Some products are just complicated. Yeah. Um, so that's number one. Just look uh, inside, like at the product in the market versus uh, the salesperson. It's usually not them. It's, it's either the product or how you train them. Second, if you do hire, hire like the best, don't, don't try to, uh, go cheat or find, you know, some people call me, Hey, uh, do you know someone junior can start to sell? Why do you want someone junior? Like if you, 
Um, so startup is, is, is risky enough. There are a lot of risk factors and you want to minimize the amount of risk, not add. If you hire someone who's not very experienced or very good, and let's say that, um, you know, six months goes by and still there are no sales. Now you're asking yourself, have I hired the wrong person or is there a deeper problem? Yeah. Right? Whether if you hired someone who's really good, then it's, the problem is more likely within your product than, than with them. How do you find that it's the right person, um, you know, besides just looking at their CV? It's tough um, because the, the really good people may not want to work for you as a small startup, right? So find the, you know, try to recruit the unrecruitable. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's selling, right? That's the toughest sale. Try to find someone who's like really good. Now, figuring it out in the early stage is hard. So someone who's been like, killing their quotas at, at Oracle or Salesforce may not necessarily be good for you, okay? You need someone who, is, uh, who has experience with early stage companies and the perfect profile, someone who's been successful in a number of companies in different fields and, and have been successful in all of them. So uh, someone who's been successful in CRM, in security and in um, life sciences is better than someone who succeeded just in security in all these companies. Okay. Yeah. So they have enough perspective so they can understand uh, what needs to happen early on. And, and, um, and that, that's, that's the person you uh, want to look for. And ideally someone senior, almost like, you know, if you, if you can afford higher uh, a, a VP early on. Well, that's uh, the first time somebody's actually said that if to hire a VP first as your first sales, what, yeah, why my, you don't have a team yet? What, what's the VP going to do? Uh, well, if, if you can, it, it depends, right? I didn't hire a VP first because I'm, I, I can function as a VP of sales, like at least with the uh, first few people at early stages. But if you're an engineer, and you can recruit someone good and bring them aboard, and it's great. I mean, someone who could actually get on the phone, close the initial deals on their own, and then build a team. That's what they do. So they figure out how to sell the product, and then they start building the team. Um, okay. So, so you want that kind of person that's kind of VP of sales, but not like from a larger company, unless they have like the history uh, of early... Yeah, it doesn't matter to me uh, yeah, where they're coming from. It's, it's the, the attitude, right? If the first thing they're going to do is like hire like six people, that's not the right type. Yeah. Okay? But if they're willing to pick up the phone, figure out the pitch, the product, how to sell, who's the buyer, and then start develop, writing the playbook, I mean, that, that's, uh, that's your, your, your dream person. Yeah, the, the unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Here in Israel, especially, yeah. it's very difficult to find that. that uh, it's even harder, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, so if you're not going to find that person, but you find good salespeople, 
uh, like you said that you you were managing uh, salespeople at the beginning. When should you? At what point do you decide? Okay, I'm going to bring in a manager. When you, as a founder, don't have the capacity, uh, so so there are a number of factors. First, when you don't have the capacity to manage the people, right? Once you have, I think, two people that are kind of successful or pretty successful, that would be a good point to bring a VP. Okay. Okay. Because, uh, you know, you could definitely manage two people and you need someone who would kind of like institutionalize make it more reputable and, and hire additional people, which is a CEO probably, you know, you, you don't have the bandwidth or, or the, uh, uh, the knowledge uh, how to do it. Yeah. Okay. What, what has been your success rate uh, with, with hires? Um, you know, like for the first 12 months, uh, how, how many of the hires have you kept? Uh, the, the vast majority of them. Wow, that's terrific. I've heard yeah. a lot of people say about 50%, uh, they have to let yeah. go within the first 12 months. No, we, we, uh, I mean, there is like one person, but everybody else is uh, still on the team. So how, what did you, what are you doing different in the hiring process? Um, I, I think we're doing, uh, what everybody else does, right? I mean, we, we do our best. I mean, we, we try to find the best people that we can. We interview them, we provide, uh, I, I think, and, and I hope it doesn't come across as, as a plug. Uh, but first we focus on a product to make it easy to sell, make sure we understand. So we kind of had a good idea how to sell it before we brought the people. Okay, maybe we haven't figured out everything or, or the nuances or uh, what kind of profile people is best for us. Uh, but, you know, we hired um, Jamie Sen Young as the first VP of sales. He's do, still doing a terrific job of hiring great people, coaching them. Uh, plus, we have Gong, okay, that, that has been a huge part of our success. We obviously drink our own beer, uh, but it allows us to really place close attention to what's going on and correct people in near real time. So provide coaching and guidance and they can help each other. And there's great group learning. So, uh, it would have taken us without a doubt a lot longer if we didn't have that kind of like total visibility of what's happening with customers. Yeah. All right. So you brought up just something that's really interesting that you do kind of more group learning and, so you're taking all the data that you're pulling from your own product and you, you look at it together as a group uh, to, to improve? Yeah, I mean, it's not just the data. It's just, just the calls themselves because the calls are recorded, transcribed, and analyzed. So let's say that I'm, uh, I'm a new salesperson and I'm, um, I'm on a call and just got off a call and, and uh, the buyer is challenging me on pricing, right? You know, so I would tag the team on, hey, minute 38, can you listen to this uh, segment and tell me what am I doing wrong? You know, do you have uh, any suggestions? So everybody would chime in and, uh, and, and help them with the uh, pricing negotiation. Then uh, we do every week, there's a, a weekly call review where people submit calls that they have had with customers. Uh, sometimes there is a theme, it could be like discovery or positioning of the company or how to offer a trial. 
Um, and people submit, I mean, they don't have to, but if they want to put it in a, a library, people can prepare it and they go and break down the calls word by word and, and, and debate what's the best approach, what we could do better. So there's a lot of learning. It's great for the person who submitted the call to get great feedback and everybody else can see a wide range of opinions and, and, um, and advice from, uh, from the team as a whole. So it's, it's very powerful. I think that's great. It's really making uh, a culture, a good culture, not the fancy uh, buzz keyword culture where, hey, we have free beer. Right. But like you guys right. actually help each other out. You, right. I think that's an amazing team to be part of, especially for sales, because when if you're not team and you're not there to help each other out as sales, it uh, creates a horrible environment. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we, we wouldn't be gone without gong for sure. <laughs> Good. All right. I want to take a step back. Um, and you spoke about product market fit before. How did you define that when you were first, uh, up and running? Um, well, when you, so we didn't know that we have a great fit. So we, um, I had this idea. So this huge blind spot in CRM, it's based on what people put in, which is very little and obviously subjective. And it didn't give us any information. What do we need to do to get better? And how can we help our, our teams be more successful? So, you know, let's create this product that can give us total visibility, uh, to what's going on give us some facts versus opinions about what's happening within customers and, and uh, customer facing people with the constraints of uh, nobody's going to do anything, right? It's just to be like fully automated. People aren't going to do anything. It's, you know, we have a really tough audience, right? You can't ask salespeople to do anything. So we wanted to do a complete reversal of the CRM model where you have to put in data. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Elon and I, uh, Elon is my co-founder and partner. Uh, we obviously thought it's an amazing idea, uh, but we did the validation before we even started the company and raised money. I called some 50 sales leaders that I know and some people that I don't know, just someone wanted total strangers and tell me, here's what we're looking to do. Something that will shine a light on this huge void. Um, you know, if we built something like that, would you buy? How much would you be willing to pay? And, and the feedback was very good. So that was encouraging with that. We raised money and, and uh, started developing the product. It still doesn't mean a whole lot because people will say yes, but <laughs> the real test is when they buy. And the first year, that was 2016, uh, we weren't even planning on selling anything. We just kind of like convinced 12 companies that we know to do us a favor and start recording calls so we can start training the AI models and the speech recognition. And, 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 you know, within a few weeks, we noticed that they're actually pretty engaged with the product itself, which kind of like surprised us. And then around May, the engagement was getting better. Um, and that's why I told you, you know, that was the five months for the alpha. And I said, you know, what the heck, let's do a trial close. Let's see, let's ask for money and see what happens. We weren't prepared <laughs> to actually buy the product. Uh, so we reached out to everybody. Hey, we're sorry, beta is over. Time to buy. And, and these are like substantial prices. It, it, again, it wasn't the money. We just wanted to be, we wanted the feedback to be real. I mean, that's a real test if you have a product. Yeah. And uh, 11 out of the 12, uh, said yes. 
and says, okay, yeah, now we're, we're onto something. So that's where you say, okay, we're onto something. We find at least 12 companies that'll pay uh, something substantial for the product. So they see the value. And then the test, I mean, it, it, you know, it's always like, you know, are there how many companies? And, you know, by the time you have a hundreds, I mean, there's no doubt. Yeah. Which, you know, took about a year. What happened to the 12th company? They're all, uh, they, they bought, actually, they bought <laughs> later on. So, I mean, that was like one company says, yeah, we kind of like it, but we're not sure. And then I, I met the, uh, the CEO of, uh, you know, United Flight 955 on the way to San Francisco. We're sitting next to each other and, you know, we start chit-chatting. I pop up the laptop and I show him a demo and says, oh my God, we need this. And uh, they bought. <laughs> it's, it's actually 12 out of 12. One is a little bit later, but they're all still using the product. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's even more important is how long are they staying clients and uh, what's the churn? Yeah, we have close to zero churn and minus 100% negative net churn. So most people expand and, and double down on investment once they start using the products that they spend to other teams and, and, uh, and uh, additional uh, types of users within the company. Wow, that's uh, very good. All right, and um, what was your go-to-market strategy? Or what, what is it now? What is it currently? Well, it's, it's, uh, we have a fairly complex operation. I mean, first, uh, we have a great marketing team, and it's, it's a multi-pronged approach. Uh, there's obviously outbound and inbound. Uh, second, we, were, uh, we rely heavily on content marketing. Uh, we have content is widely successful. I mean, we share real data that people appreciate. Uh, you know, doing some myth busting or, or confirmations on on some of the uh, sales uh, concepts uh, using real data uh, yeah. versus opinions, uh, and that, that's created a lot of uh, buzz around the company. And uh, then we do you know the run of the mill things like uh, online ads. Um, um, regular outbound outreach, uh, trade shows from time to time. How's how now you said you got some of your first or your first client from a, from a trade show out of, out of network client from a trade show, but how are trade shows working for you in, in general overall? They're not the best source. So if you're kind of bootstrapping, probably, you know, it wouldn't be one of the first Things that I would do is um, bang for the buck. Uh, but for us, it was like uh, get to know the market, meet a few customers. Uh, so in terms of dollar for dollar ROI, it wasn't good. But I mean, for the, the one thing you want is get traction in the market and and get people to know you, and that's uh, that's priceless. So that's why we're we're still doing it. I mean, we don't go to every trade show. I mean, we get bombarded with requests for events and. Um, you know, obviously it's a financial investment, but more importantly, it's, it's time and resources. Yeah. Uh, but that, uh, we got our first client was like a big deal. Also worth it. And in fact, we've met, um, a much larger customer that, uh, I didn't remember that, but he told me later on that, uh, we met over there and I told him that our product isn't ready for them <laughs> and yeah. which he appreciated. Uh, is, is honesty that you don't always get. 
but they they bought a couple of years later. So uh, uh, I think it's more than paid for itself. I think that's that's one of the biggest things I I when I'm talking to different founders and they're asking, well, how do I get this kind of stuff? And tell them, you know, be honest. Don't uh, don't try to sell something that that's not ready because you're going to burn them. Okay, you get their you get their money now, but then they're going to be unhappy. They're going to churn, and then you'll never get them again. Right, right. I mean, it's it's called the uh, the, the the brutal honesty strategy. Uh, yeah. And, and um, like at a previous company at Click Software, you know, we had a, a large deal with um, with Caterpillar. And, you know, which they appreciated, they sent us 400 page RFP and we told them we're not going to respond because we can't do like half of the things that they want. Yeah. And, but they're adamant that no, we actually like the product and we had a very open discussion. They appreciated versus some of the larger companies who, you know, sold them the moon. Yeah. Um, and later on, it was a very large deal, uh, but it, it worked. Honestly, it always works. Yeah. I mean, it may it may take longer, but it will work. Yeah, and be stronger. And, and uh, you know, we're not we're not in this for to win customers. We want raving fans, right? So closing a deal is is the easier part. Getting someone to rave about the product is is the hard. That would that's what would propel your company forward. Just people raving about the product. That's our our pride. And. Yeah. It's not definitely not about closing the deal. So we'd rather not take a, a customer that isn't going to be happy. Yeah. Um, good. I, I had uh, Mark Roberge on the show and he, he really raved about you guys uh, d- during the show. I, th- I think I, I sent that clip over to you guys afterwards. Oh, you see, it's, it's working. <laughs> we, have, we, have a, a, um, we have a net promoter score of almost always between 65 and 75 which is like, it's ridiculous for an enterprise software product. It's like the iPhone in the good old days. Yeah. Uh, almost like consumer level enthusiasm about the product. That's terrific. You, you guys are pulling a lot of data at Gong.io from a lot of different companies. And what, what are some of the insights that you've learned that, are, that people would be surprised about? Not the speak less, ask more questions and all this stuff. What's the stuff that the little things that make a big difference? Uh, there are tons. First, it's, it's uh, company specific. So the biggest thing that it, it changes, right? If there's no, uh, you know, my slogan that, you know, I don't put it on, on, on the blog post, like burn your playbook because you don't know crap, right? It just, people spend time just crafting a playbook without it actually, I mean, based on some anecdotes and some deals that, that, that you know, it that work well here. And then they assume that it works everywhere, but there are different strokes for different folks, different people have like different skills that they have. And the best thing is that you create something that matches the, uh, the capabilities um, of the people. Um, for example, um, at our company, there's, you know, sometimes, you know, we debate how we position this and, and, and I, you know, I would recommend the team here is how I would do it, but they said, it's something that you can do with your confidence and, and gravitas as a CEO. It's not something that I can say they'll, they'll sound well, which you have to respect. So there are different capabilities of people, uh, that, um, 
what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for the other. So it's you. It's really more complicated me to pay attention and, and fine tune uh, the pitches to specific people's capabilities. Yeah, I always uh, I always told people that like it's it's you can't just follow a script because different questions come up, different people come up with different objections, and oh, yeah. there's no way yeah, just to follow yeah. the pattern down. Yeah. Right. There, there are guidelines, but uh, not, uh, not scripts ever. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the most impactful and uh, profound question that you've come across? And what was the answer? There, there isn't any. I mean, people are looking for the most profound. There isn't any. There, there, there's lots. Or the silver bullet to starting company. There, the, the... So people ask, what's the secret to success? You know, what's the one thing to make myself? There isn't one thing and you can't teach it like in, 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 a, in, in a conversation. The best thing that you can do is just, just hire great people that know, provide them with direction and the means to let them do their job. I mean, that's what you can do uh, because you can't learn quickly enough in a startup uh, to be uh, successful. So uh, there's no one tip or, or one um, you know, sales technique or, or, or tactical thing that, that'll fix your problems just you, you need like really great people that's the one the most important thing yeah there's more than one way to skin a cat yeah. <laughs> all right great so meet i uh, really appreciate your time today thank you for joining us how can people uh reach out to you or learn more about gong uh so first you can find uh me personally you can find reach out to me on linkedin uh amit bendal there's i think there's only one of us right now um and www.gong.io uh just sign up for the blog i mean you get those tips like on a weekly basis it's it's really good and uh, people love that contact so and if you want to see the product just just sign up for a demo it's you'll see it all over the website so it's easy enough Great. I'll, uh, I'll put the links in, uh, in, the, uh, in the description. Great. Amit, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Great talking with you. I appreciate the time, Adam. Thanks for listening to Startup Sales with Adam Springer. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Contact Adam about speaking engagements or consulting services at adam at startupsales.io. All right, Amit, let's finish things off with the final five. What is your favorite sales or leadership book? Um, solution Selling. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily the best, but that's what I grew up on, uh, upon. And I think a lot of the things are derivative. Also. Great. Okay. So who do you follow uh, for sales or re- leadership advice? Uh, I, I don't, I mean, I, I, mostly I look at, at our own data. There, there's no one that I look, I look for a sales leadership. I'm not, I'm not a sales leader. I mean, I've, I've, I've done sales leadership, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, what I'm about leadership leader. altogether? Um, so I like, um, you know, recent book that I read is, uh, principles by uh, Ray Dalio, which I think is a great, great, uh, management leadership book. Okay, great. But, uh, I read a lot. Yeah. Good. Uh, if you read enough, then you get kind of like an, you know, an amalgam of, of, of everything together. Yeah. Um, do you, you listen to it on tape or you read it? Uh, eh, I, read. I yeah. read. Yeah. I do. I do half, half. Yeah. 
All right. Are you available 24 seven or do you have strict uh, time boundaries? I'm available 24 and seven for everything that's urgent. I do try. So I work a lot. I mean, I, I sleep four or five hours a day. I, I work around the clock. Uh, I don't need a lot of sleep. Uh, I'm an early riser. You just start my day at like 5 a.m. and go to sleep late. Um, weekends, I try to dedicate to the family. But if something is urgent, people know they can always reach out to me. Okay. Besides your own, uh, what's your favorite tool that you use for sales? Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Um, I, I use it like day in and day out for, for almost everything. The hiring, selling, um, informing, intelligence, everything. Great. Last question. What one piece of advice do you have for all the uh, founders and CEOs out there? Um, research before you charge, like make sure that you're, you know, tackling a, a large, large market and, and do the market validation early on. It'll save a lot of time. Great. Amit, thanks again for joining us. Thank you very much. My pleasure.